This is another bottle down on Co-op Radio, KOOP Hornsby, Austin, 91.7 FM, and KOOP.org. I'm your host, Mark Rayshap, here to appreciate wines from all over the world and to talk with Austin's leading wine professionals, from winemaker to sommelier and everyone in between. Now it's time to put another bottle down. Good afternoon, Austin. Thank you so much for tuning in. It is Tuesday. The time is 1.02 p.m. in the capital city. Thank you so much for tuning in to Co-op Radio. It's radio for people, not for profit. Today, we have a really exciting show for y'all. I have in the studio live Daniela Marcone, who is owner of Andiamo Restaurant, a really uh, wonderful Italian restaurant in Austin. And uh, towards the end of the show, we're going to have a phone interview with Chris Brungette, who is um, winemaker and owner of William Chris Winery. He's going to be talking about the upcoming harvest and also talking talking about some of the cool festivals that they have going out on Hill Country. So stick with us. We'll be right back uh, with Daniela. Thank you so much. This is uh, another bottle down, and it's Co-op Radio. And every week we talk about wine and the wine industry, and we try and give ourselves a little pause from from the craziness of what is going on in the world, and and delve into that glass. and And hopefully we we uh, spend some quality time with friends, and and uh, and appreciate the finer things in life. and And that's what the show is all about. Uh, Daniela, I'm gonna I'm gonna welcome you to the show. Thank you so much for being here. And so, so you're the owner of Andiamo Restaurant, right? I am. Yes. So, um, you know, I always love to feature places that uh, are doing unique and interesting things. And you know, you came you came into the studio and you said, um, I, "I hope I'm I'm uh, you know I'm pretty opinionated. Uh, <laughs> are you sure you want to do this?" And I said, "Yes. You know, I love uh, I love strong opinions in the wine industry." Awesome. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, let's start off by uh, t- having you tell us a little bit about your restaurant. Some folks out there might uh, not be familiar where it is in Austin and what the overall concept is. Sure. Well, um, Andiamo is 12 years old. Uh, I started to work there by chance. I was the hostess. Then yeah. I purchased it six uh, years ago and, uh, you know, my adventure started then. Um, wow. So very proud of uh, be able to take my culture because yes. I mean, in case you guys didn't understand from my accent, right. I am Italian, not Russian, like everybody <laughs> else think. Uh, and you know, hopefully by listening uh, my voice in the radio and now looking at my red head, people will believe it now. <laughs> but uh, well, yes, it's wonderful. You're you're often featured on on uh, various Austin TV stations, and it's a wonderful yes, thing to have you here on the been, radio. Yeah, great adventure. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, I just I just love it. I love the Austin community. I yes. feel uh, blessed to be part of it, yeah. and I love to support anything that is local. Yeah. So let's um, we're going to talk about your background and where you come from in Italy. But first, I want to you know expand upon uh, you know the concept of the restaurant. So you, so twelve years old, uh, you 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 started out as hostess, but then you you took over um, management, and now you own the place, sure. right? Yes. Yeah. And um, and so the concept. 
is, of course, Italian, but um, are there other uh, themes that you try and incorporate? Or, in, uh, of course, probably lo- focus on local ingredients. Yes, we focus on uh, local ingredients. Um, I love to uh, bring my integrity, in, you know, in uh, into business yes. as in day by day life. So uh, besides supporting everything local uh, and uh, offering uh, a taste of the Italian culture, um, everything is, you know, very um, stick to what nature offers us food-wise and wine-wise. So I want to get into that. So, you know, you interact with so many people from the public. You know, what do do people have different impressions as to what Italian food should be as, as, as opposed to what, you know, you grew up with and what Italian food really is? Yes. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about that. I must that. say that um, people that never left the United States are just used to what the American Italian food is right. versus people that have been home to Italy. And also those people that have been traveling to Italy, they also experience just the particular regional food of yes. that particular uh, city because everything is different. And it's a little home, bit right? more diverse than just, you know, Chicago deep deep dish pizza versus yes. New York pizza, right? It's, I mean, we yeah, have... Yeah, absolutely different. Can you, uh, for folks who, who have not been to Italy, can you give like, you know, an, an, an example of how broad that difference can be? I mean, it's like you're eating an entirely different cuisine if you're in the north of the country as right. opposed to the south of the country, That's right? That's correct. Yeah. Um, people back home, they still use what mother nature can offer them and therefore you know uh, somebody that is from the north uh, doesn't have buffalo mozzarella versus the south Um, even if you go from Rome which is just two hours from Naples which where I'm from you will find a different bread than uh, the one from Naples Uh, different pasta different grains uh, different flavor it's you know that's what part of the culture is and uh, and we're very proud of it Uh, it would be too pretentious to um affirm that you know i try to do the same thing in um in austin uh at andiamo but i certainly you know try to do the same uh, with what uh, the local farmer offers right 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 so instead of instead of pertaining to a particular region in with the restaurant, you 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 it's take the same over. philosophy yes. and say, hey, what can I get locally, and let's run with yes. that. Yes, right? it will be it will be impossible to try to reproduce the same thing. I have to be honest, right. because the soil is different, because the flavor is different, yes. and you know it's fascinating because the food back home is not as much processed as it is here, right. and unfortunately, you know the food chain uh, is becoming that way, and every single time chemistry uh, try to goes into the agriculture never help nature yeah. and uh, therefore uh, goes against our own health but right and, and so and you as a restaurateur do you find it you find it a real challenge to find those purity of ingredients it is it yeah. is a challenge it's uh, it's a day-by-day challenge right. to be honest with you and uh, and it's also very scary to think that you know, people uh, is not very aware of uh, everything that is going on. Take, for example, people that is allergic to uh, gluten. Right, yeah. Um, if they go to Italy and they try uh, the pasta or the bread or the pizza or anything that has gluten inside, well, believe it or not, they don't even get sick. Right. Why is that? Yeah. It's because the food is completely processed in a completely different way. Well, actually, the food is not processed, I might say. The grain is different. Right. 
So, um, so yeah, they don't get um, sick as much as they do here in the States. So right. we really need to be more aware of uh, what we eat and what we drink. And, and do you think that that awareness comes from the restaurant level or also down to the public demanding well, that high quality of ingredients? Unfortunately, right? Mark, it comes from the integrity of each person yeah. slash owners of restaurants as well. We do live in a capitalized world. Right. So it depends on the integrity of each person, right. I must say. And do you have, in the, t- the 12 years that you've kind of been doing this, have you seen it get a little bit better? Are we making any progress into an awareness well, of... Um, luckily, Austin uh, uh, is more aware right. of uh, what we're eating. And... Um, but I wish that the young generation, you know, would ask more where uh, the food come from and we go more often to the farming market. Right. And, um, but, you know, hopefully we are going to, to get there. I wish one day that our farming market would be as big as, as the ones in Italy, the one in California, yeah, yeah. and or in California, Seattle, yeah. that sort of thing, New York too, and, and, and a lot of a lot of cases. Well, we're getting there. We're we're each doing our part, right? I'm trying to really highlight restaurants that that um, that that are doing a really good job. So I, I thank you for your do, you doing your part too yeah. on on I'm that. I'm trying. <laughs> I eat that every day, so it's important for me too. Yes. So let's 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 talk how that then applies to the wine list and sure. the and the and the you know your philosophy in choosing the wines because I have to say um, you have a very eclectic and and cool list there with some some a lot of labels that a, that the public might not be aware of that they might not see on shop uh, the the shelves of stores and whatnot. Yes, absolutely. Well, everything is connected, right? right. So um, I believe I'm probably. Um, one of the few person that um, only carry Italian wine right. in an Italian restaurant because everybody else, you know, also choose to have a different um, variety. Right. But uh, I'm proud of the fact to to support a very small vineyard yes. and uh, an organic wine. And it's the same thing, right? If I do um, choose to have a non-industrial uh, pasta or, or an ingredient, Arandiamo, uh, um, then it will be the same thing as the wine. Right, right. You know, try not to get a conventional, uh, a conventional bottle and know what is going on in that particular vineyard, yeah. how the wine is pick how the wine is made i love to uh, to carry something that i know where it come from and i can go back home and actually experience that and um, and also know how it's made i think it's very important right 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 and and it's just that general philosophy and and that concept that the food and the cuisine in each region is so diverse you also see that in in the selection of wine the variety of grapes right can you give us a scope of of that well, absolutely. You know, I mean, back home we have so many um, different variety of wine and grapes and flavor according to the region. Um, I don't know if you guys ever heard about um, Pera Palumbo, for example. Yeah. And, it, uh, and, you know, it's a typical wine from the south versus yes. Chianti. Everybody knows what Chianti is. Yeah, yeah. But not um, a lot of people know what's going on in other regions. Right. So... Um, so it's an educational process like you know I mean that's what you do for, for living yeah. and and it's a challenge of every day I do love to support a very small vineyard I don't think that a 
quantity is a quality. Right. And it's like, you know, offering a fresh plate of pasta that is homemade. Yeah. Same thing with the handcrafted uh, wine, right. you know, and uh, and you, we have to think about sustainable um, uh, wine and sustainable food and organic wine and right. organic food. You can't go to the farmer, farmer market and get fresh product and, uh, and then end up uh, drinking soda at your table. Right. I mean, God knows how many people do that, but I think um, it's not very coherent. So it, it's, it's a little bit harder to, you know, I think that, um, you, you know, I, I want I want to urge folks to, to take on that philosophy. But uh, also it's it's a little bit more of a challenge, though, because, um, you know, with food and with ingredients, I think you can see you can you know, you can. Well, you're buying them. Are you buying organic or not? And um, and I think with wine, you know, it's this liquid that's bottled up. And often the, the labels can be very con- confusing. And so, you know, that trying to do the right thing um, in the vineyard and on the agricultural side, uh, the public has to trust people like you who then, you know, in order to serve that at your restaurant, you you try and delve into the stories of the winemakers and all of that. And that's Correct. so important for you. Uh, well, to be honest with you, I think that uh, it's much easier for people to trust something that they know or they heard about it versus something that they never heard about it that they never seen and therefore I believe that people tend to go and um, perhaps um, willing to get a bottle that you know they recognize the name because they saw that name in TV or they you know uh, a friend told them, oh, because publicity is all over us. Right. And uh, But then I think that people should be more aware of listening to their own body. Yeah. You know, take, for example, um, a sustainable organic uh, wine or biodynamic wine, right. which, you know, I, I love to support those kind of, those kind of vineyard because you will end up uh, drinking a bottle of wine and then didn't you won't feel good the day after versus this kind of wine that right. you can drink even if you're not eating and then it's like uh giving you the same pleasure of eating a a piece of fresh fruit the morning after because you won't have any reaction (laughs) and you know people come um to andiamo sometimes and they say oh no i can't drink uh, this kind of wine um because i'm allergic to sulfur and then i wish i could tell them well do you buy packaged uh, salad or orange juice at the right. grocery store? Because believe it or not, those kind of thing has more sulfur than a bottle of wine. Right. Dried apricots so, have yeah. exactly. So my point, uh, my point here is that they are not allergic to sulfur. They're allergic to the enzyme that um, that the, that particular wine have. They're allergic right. to the pesticides that that wine has. And histamines are a big thing. You know, too. Yeah, yeah, and that's important to understand which kind of wine uh, right. you want to to support and which kind of wine it's good for you. People is becoming aware about food. They have to become aware about wine as well. And, you know, right. it goes all the way back um, to the vineyard and what they're doing, right. you know, in biodynamic um, I'm sure that you probably know who say that because I'm not an expert, but there was a great journalist that say a biodynamic uh, farmer don't not only take a look at the soil, but also take a look at the sky. Right. And, um, and you know, everything uh, goes back to the time that you also pick up the grape. Right. And uh, I'm not a connoisseur. I mean, I'm just um, have very strong opinion based to my own culture and my um, experience. Right. Like, for example, my family 
family have Olive Garden and uh, we get together at home and we hand pick our oil not to uh, damage the tree and therefore all the process. Same thing with the grape. Right. The grape should be picked at night time to dawn so that it's not damaged during the process of right. the transportation. Right, through the heat. And, and yeah. yeah, and hand pick, right? It is um, it is an art and handcraft art from uh, from the farmer and winemaker point of view versus those uh, vineyard that perhaps use machine to right. shake uh, the tree and to pick up everything. One more time, quantity is not quality. Right. Why? What happened there? Because everything is picked up and by everything I intend lizard and reptile and animals and bird nests right. and bird eggs and guess what that's what people end up drinking in that kind of particular <laughs> wine so we do need to be more aware of what right. is going on what we're drinking it's the same thing on what we're eating right so now have you found that you've really tried to cultivate this culture at your restaurant and do you find that folks uh, come into the restaurant with a really open mind? I mean, a lot of your longtime guests uh, that, that they say, hey, what's new uh, that I, I've never heard of and I want to try? I must can I say trust that, you? Yeah, I must say that it's a, it's a challenge, yeah. especially when, you know, you're in a busy you know a night and then you can do that with every table right. and every customer but we do have educational uh, uh, wine dinner and we like to have fun with that yes. so it's always it's always great to introduce new culture new wine new new history behind and right. people do start appreciate that very much yes. and then we have you know great um, people behind us like uh, our uh, our importer Vin US that really, really believe in that kind of philosophy and I trust them with my own life. <laughs> <laughs> well, Daniela, we need to take a short break and hear from some of our underwriters and uh, some co-op announcements, but um, we're going to continue the conversation and we're in the second half, we're going to delve a little bit more into your background and some of the educational events that you were just mentioning. Sure. So, Great. Uh, thank you so much for being here. I'm, I'm with Daniela Marcone, who's owner of Andiamo Restaurant in North Austin, and uh, my name is Mark Mark Rayshop, it's another Bottle Down Radio, and it's Co-op Radio. Thank you so much for being here. We're going to be right back. Support for Co-op comes from J&J Spirits on East 11th Street. Family-owned since 1968, J&J offers hand-selected artisanal wines, local beers, and boutique whiskeys and spirits, all with a neighborhood vibe. Open 11 to 9 and offering delivery. For more information, visit jnjspirits.com. Okay, we're back. Uh, my name is Mark Rayshap, and it's another Bottle Down Radio on Co-op. It's Co-op is radio for people and not for profit, and you uh, are listening either on the air, 91.7 FM, or online streaming. Uh, you can get this uh, show anywhere in the in the world uh, via coop.org, K-O-O-P.org. And uh, if you've missed any part of this or uh, any other of these shows, you can access the archive at uh, coop.org slash another bottle down and there should be a link to the archive so I really thank you for um, your wonderful feedback if you have any uh, anything you want to chat with me about it's uh, Mark Rayshap at 
co-op.org. So uh, I'm looking forward to continuing this conversation with Daniela Marcone, who is owner of Andiamo Restaurant in uh, in North Austin. We should say the actual address, Daniela. We didn't say that. 2521 Rutland Drive, across the JJP Cold Center on Burnett Road. Okay, so I'm Burnett and <laughs> Rutland. Um, and uh, I'd like to, so the first half we talked about, you know, a little bit of your philosophy in the in, in devising the the food and the and the wine, and um, I, I want to kind of just tell folks out there where you're from and uh, how that came into play. I mean, you're you're from uh, in the wine world, maybe an underappreciated region. I mean, folks, uh, as we talked about, know Chianti and they know Tuscany really well out there, but but you're from the south, right? Tell us I a little am. bit about I'm that. I'm from Napoli. Napoli, yeah, and so, so um, and and what what is the cuisine of, of Napoli? So we talked about regionality. Um, well, when when I think about Naples, I think uh, about a lot of different flavor. We are a city surrounded by the ocean, yeah. so it's a lot of fresh seafood and spice thing, and um, and pizza, of course. Yes. You know, Napoli is the home of a typical Neapolitan uh, wood. Uh, pizza, Wood-fired pizza and yeah. um, and buffalo mozzarella. Can you can you can you? I want I want to clarify this: the different styles of Italian pizza. Can, uh-huh. can we can we briefly well, uh, take two minutes for that? The people have very different opinions yes. <laughs> about it. Um, but well, but the what's the, of, the style of the of the Napoli pizza? Yeah, Thin I must crust? say that why people is not able to reproduce uh, the real authentic Neapolitan pizza in the world it's because of two fundamental simple thing okay. it's the water okay and the humidity of naples that's right. it you can have the most expensive wood oven in the world but it won't be the same right. it's chemistry i mean yeah. food is um yeah it's it's about that cool and so, so but but we have but it's a very thin crust style right actually uh, um it's puffy a little uh, bit more and puffy. very thin yes but also it's not crunchy it's very soft okay so and it has bubble on the cross and, and then that comes it's from so, the humidity yeah. Yeah. and it's so thin that it actually if you go home you're able to fold a piece of pizza in your hand and then just bite in it eat, eat it like it's like an, an, an italian style pizza taco <laughs> yes absolutely that's a good analogy <laughs> <laughs> and and what are the what are the the kind of the popular famous wines from from this area we we have so many things back home we have the falangina right you know, which is a white grape yeah yes it's it's great um there is uh, one of my favorite vineyard um back home that it's off of the um, island of uh, ischia and um it's tomasona it's just delicious every single time i go over there and i see the view that those grapes right. there every single day i can't think of a happiest grape <laughs> you know, it's absolutely um, delicious. Every, you know, grape, of course, uh, has a different uh, flavor. Right. And uh, you th- you have to think that uh, the Campania region uh, has also, it's also a volcanic region, right? Right, so yes. It, it, will, it will have that kind of uh, taste. That kind of, of like yes, racy of acidity. And, yeah. uh, and yes. You can uh, walk by the street um, of Pozzuoli and actually every single time, I remember when I grew up, I would hate the the smell of sulfur. 
And um, and it's so strong in Pozzuoli, where I used to live, that you know, if you have if you have anything that it's silver uh-huh. exposing your house, it will become black in two or three days oh, wow. because of the you know high quantity of sulfur in the hair. Yeah. And um, and I used to hate that smell, but now now every single now time I go home, <laughs> I just go and say, oh my god, I want to smell that because I miss that. And um, and you know that and that's the soil. We do we do drink what is in the soil. Right, right, right. And then you have the the, the famous Mount Vesuvius, right? Mount Vesuvio, that's yeah. right. Not only Mount Vesuvio, then we have Solfatara, then we have a lot of um, thing going on underwater and all surrounding. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm expecting my family to invade my house here and asking if anything will happen. There. <laughs> <laughs> and and so then do you do you try to have almost every region represent Presented on on your wine list at Andiamo. Yes, yes, uh, it's um, um, it's something that I uh, try to do on a regular basis, and um, and as a matter of fact, uh, we do that uh, for the monthly wine dinner. We just feature a different region at the, every month. Right. So, 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 so we so can you, offer that particular taste of food and uh, and different wine. Yes. So so let's get into talking a little bit more about those monthly dinners. And um, first of all, where can folks kind of find out about them off of your website? Yeah, our website at andiamoitaliano.com right. or, you know, social media, media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Okay, great. And and you do a good job uh, about keeping your website up to date with events. Yes, so that's, yes. That's, and that's it's even good. an open table when people want to just make a reservation right right. great um so well let's talk about you know an event the event that you have coming up this month right is it is it set already i think Uh, it is yes it's at the end of uh, the month so it's you know every last tuesday of each month i believe this uh, month we're featuring the region of emilia romagna oh great so when we think about emilia romagna we think about uh lambrusco yes um we do have um a very delicious uh sangiovese from a vineyard that it's called uh, branchini that it's uh very very good that we're yes. actually going to pair with seafood ah. so yeah and then um and then we think about lasagna when we think about emilia romagna right. you know the original uh, recipe actually come from our um general manager mimosa that uh, lived there all her life oh, wow. so she will be the one in the kitchen telling our chef yes or no <laughs> <laughs> little taste and uh, yes, uh, needs yes. to be all <laughs> and any any prosciutto? I mean, there, there's. Uh, uh, I don't uh, think we're gonna going to have any prosciutto in this uh, monthly wine okay. dinner menu. All yeah. right. <laughs> well, I, I want you. You know, I want you to talk a little bit about Lambrusco because it's a it's a passion of mine, and I think it's un, it's misunderstood in 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 the U.S. pretty much. I think, sure. and I, I don't know if it's you. So it's so strange because Lambrusco is popular all over Italy. Right. Um, what do you like about the Lambrusco? Uh, you know, for me, it's just fun. It, it kind of makes fun. me it's want sparkling, to dance. It's red, I mean, right? Well, yeah, it's, it's it's red. It's sparkling. It it can be sweet, but but my real passion is is the more the dry style. Yeah. and you just get uh, really really fun acidity. It just kind of bounces around your mouth, it is. and it just calls for food, which is which is you know, and and there's probably no better pairing with maybe spicy foods or you know because you've got this fruit component you've got this bright fresh acidity and it just 
it's just lively and fun. Yeah, there, there is a song in Italy um, <laughs> that it's called Lambrusco and Popcorn. So have you ever had it with popcorn? <laughs> oh, you know, I, I've not done Lambrusco and Popcorn, which is weird because I've done a lot of champagne and popcorn. Nice. But, um, yeah, try. And then tell uh, me what you think about yeah, it. Yeah, I will. Can, can you uh, tell us a little bit about that song? It's, um, <laughs> it's an old song from a singer that it's called uh, Ligabu, and uh, I believe he's from that particular region. Really? So he's talking about... Do you know any very, of the lyrics? Or no, but, no. Um, I can't remember the lyrics, <laughs> but, you know, um, it's a very rock. Um, okay. And it's like, Lambrusco popcorn, <laughs> you know? And it's like, nothing is better and stuff like that. So it just reminded me of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, cool. And, um, well, Emilia Romagna, that's so cool because the wines are pretty underappreciated. I mean, you, yes. know, you don't find them here. And, and, and again, you know, there's wine made in all 20 regions of Italy, you know, so it's... Yeah, we have 600 different varieties yeah. back home and, you know, it's very underestimated. Right. Um, people just think about uh, Brunello and Almarone and, uh, and Chianti. Right. But I love when people is open to try different things. Right. Like, for example, one of my favorite wines is the Refosco. Refosco, I mean, yeah. I, I love Refosco and I love the, the story behind and yeah. oh, Marzamino, for example. Can you give us can you give us a little a little breakdown of Refosco in case folks aren't aren't familiar? Well, you know the the Refosco is a very ancient uh, uh, grape it is, and yeah. um, and it's absolutely delicious. Uh, which kind of refosco uh, have you ever ha- have you had? I have one that it's from Terre di Gioia, and I absolutely love it. You know, I, I I'm I really love the uh, Zamo uh, refosco, which has was available in Austin, and then it, it wasn't, and I think now it's kind of creeping its way back in. But you know, there's this rusticity. Yes. I think that that, that you it's, know, it's uh, it's that kind of wine that you can just sip and drink even if you're not eating anything yeah. and I absolutely love that cool so how you know what is what goes into when you develop these events you kind of first say hey I want to feature this region and then then you plan the menu and you find what wines are available from that region yes and we we have a lot of fun um, right. we um, you know work very closely to uh, with our sommelier uh, yeah. Pier Giorgio Manna he's a dear friend a mentor to us Um, I love to support anything that is organic and biodynamic uh, and and we find those kind of wine from a great importer which is uh, Paolo Bernardi from VUS that you know has an integrity in uh, selling in this kind of very hard market those kind of wine are underestimated and unknown and uh, you know it's very hard and there's so much competition absolutely And, uh, and you know people should be more aware of that so um, so we we got together we tried the wine and uh, and we brainstorm about new recipe and yeah. what we can pair with that and so talk about how you you uh, came about this pairing sangiovese which is a red grape with fish which is a I, little bit counterintuitive yes that happened uh, just by by mistake uh, i guess one time we were uh, actually having lunch or dinner with the winemaker marco branchini yeah. that came in town and um and we were tasting all this uh, different food and one of the um, dish that we had at Andiamo was the cacciucco 
uh, which is a seafood stew, yeah. and uh, we just end up tasting uh, his sangiovese with uh, with the seafood. And this seafood stew has a very uh, light red um, sauce with a hint of you know red crushed pepper, uh-huh. and yeah. it was absolutely delicious. Oh, it I was like an working. explosion yeah. in your mouth, and I fell in love with that. Yeah, yeah. So I'm trying to reproduce it any you know um, any other um, time. Possibility, yeah. Who say that you have to drink white wine with seafood? No, I don't. I, I mean, don't. it's not true. Just you know, <laughs> I mean, open your mind right. and try different things. So, so is experimenting really important for you and pushing the bar for new flavors yes, yeah. absolutely it's you know it's it, it's a challenge and yeah. um, and you have to experiment on yourself and in order to you know offer different things to people right right, right. well very cool so, can i what, what's you know one of your favorite dishes on the menu right now something that kind of like when you think about it gives you you know gets you just really excited Oh, so many things. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we change menu according to the sure, season. Yes. But, you know, being um, a seafood um, fan, I think that what I really like right now is our uh, homemade black squid uh, ink pasta oh. with um, with base scallops and uh, lemon zest. Wow. I love that dish. Oh, my goodness. And, and probably... Tons of flavor, but light enough to have it's so, in the... Yeah, it's super light. Yeah. Very light. It's just, it just has uh, extra virgin olive oil and, yeah. and the flavor of the seafood, nothing right. else. And then, yeah, and it's what, So, so what, what's your favorite pairing with that? Well, you know, um, I wouldn't mind having a glass of uh, pignoletto frizzante with that. Okay. You know? Wow. Uh, that, that would be interesting. Yeah. And uh, refreshing. Ref- yeah. Also, perhaps um, a Chardonnay. Okay. Uh, we have we have a very crisp uh, Chardonnay from the Santome uh, vineyard in um, in the Venice area. Right. That that it's very good and, yes, there's, in the uh, and north, sustainable and organic. Yeah, in so, the north, there's wonderful Italian Chardonnay. And yes. It, and it you know it, it, people don't think about it. Yeah, you and know? you know, full of minerality. One more yes. time, come from the soil. Right. So yeah, it's great. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, uh, we're going to take one, uh, we, we need to take one last uh, break and then we're going to come back and uh, and uh, finish off our little discussion here. And then uh, we're going to bring in Chris, Chris Brundrett, who's owner and winemaker at William Chris Winery in uh, the Hill Country. So um, one more uh, co-op announcement. We'll be right back with Daniela Marcone, owner of Andiamo Austin. Support comes from Matt L. Rancho home of the original Bob Armstrong dip and proudly serving non-GMO corn tortillas and chips handmade in Matt's in-house tortilla factory on South Lamar and MattLRancho.com. Always good since 1952. All right, we are back. Uh, thank you so much, Mattel Rancho, and um, I'm here with Daniela Marcone, and we've got um, we've got about ten minutes before we bring in Chris Brundrett from William Chris Sellers, and I wanted to thank Daniela again for being here and uh, for doing what she does in the restaurant side of things. And so, you know, we talked about you being from Italy and from uh, the Napoli region in the south, and 
How often do you go back and enjoy, you know, your home country? You know, country? my my family is there. I'm the only one here in the States. So wow. it's a mandatory trip every year for me. Every year. And uh, yeah, I I try to go as often as I can. Yeah, yeah. And so what, what do you, do you just kind of spend time with family or do you... Well, uh, yeah, that's... Of That's course, yeah, yeah um, something <laughs> that I have to. Otherwise, they're gonna kill me. <laughs> but, um, I do like to to go around and visit, you know, uh, the winemaker of the right. vineyard that we represent, and it's Excellent. always fun. Uh, it's great. Um, if I can, um, I also like to go over there during. Uh, um, during the harvest season, and um, it's it's just something something so fun to do. Yeah. Do you work Do you work the harvest as well, or occasionally help them I, out? I I really want to do it in uh, in the future, but I know that those guys are super busy, and yeah. I just want to go knowing that I can help versus uh, being you know somebody that it can <laughs> right 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 cool and and you know when you go and of course you're visiting properties that um that you know you already know are doing biodynamics or working really well and and do you notice you know the the, the vineyards just being a little bit more healthy and oh absolutely uh, yeah. i mean let me ask you a question what is the first thing that you notice when you go and visit a vineyard and then i'll share what is mine i, I guess you know the first thing that i look at is kind of the canopy well it depends on the season but you know right. the, the you know, looking at the canopy and the foliage and... You know, do you want to know what is the first thing that I notice when I go and visit a vineyard? Sure. What is it? Um, I look at the root okay. of the plant yeah. and I always wanted to see if they have an irrigation system or ah, not okay. and if they don't right. i already like it <laughs> <laughs> so that means that they're just really relying on um you know on the health of the soil and the soil's ability to maintain moisture that's right, right? that's right think about it if they put uh, water in the grape what do you think what do you drink you right. end up drinking more water versus uh grape juice yeah i had on right? the show uh recently um well it was boy it's almost been a year now uh francesco di filippis yeah i love and, i mean francesco you know, is from napoli and, yeah. and we're friends and we actually love his wine and francesco is biodynamic winemaker yeah and he's so a we love to support that as well PhD and it's fascinating yeah. yeah it's absolutely fascinating what what he does and he was telling us that in a very very warm vintage you know you, he can see the the difference between his vineyard, you know, of course, a warm vintage without any rain, uh, if they're not irrigating, you know, his soil can hold moisture and hold life yes. so much better, you know, because of those biodynamic practices, Absolutely. A, a, Absolutely. as opposed to his neighbor who, you know, might be working the soils yeah. in a conventional way. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I am a firm believer of that. Yeah. You know, when when you think about the the high water in Italy, we say alta marea. Yeah. What, what does it mean that, you know, it, with the, um, it, that everything hold liquid? Yeah. Why you wouldn't apply that to a plant as well? Right, and right. Uh, and it's fascinating. A lot of people they they don't believe it. They compare it to you know crazy thing. Right. But I mean, isn't that right? That on a full moon, everybody else it's a little bit more crazy. I mean, why wouldn't you apply yeah. to what you're eating and uh, and apply those natural uh, circle um, to to a plant if a plant can be more happy? Absolutely. Absolutely. So when you go, uh, do you have any recommendations for folks listening? Any any regions that you particularly like to visit or, you know, do you just kind of sure. stay? Sure. Well, stay? I'm a, I'm a, 
ocean baby, right? So every single time I go home, I try to go during summertime because I love the ocean. Yeah, right. And um, I love Sicily. Sicily is absolutely one of my favorite region, besides right. home, of course. But yeah. home is home. I've been been there and I love it. Yeah. But, you know, the Amalfi Coast, of course, and um, and the island of Ischia, where you can go and visit uh, the Tommasone Vineyard is absolutely fascinating. Very cool. Um, Francesco is in Tuscany, of course, and uh, it's a great, young, fun uh, winemaker that can show you uh, around. Right. And uh, his vineyard oversees, you know, a beautiful, gorgeous um, Napoleon villa with a lot of history. Right. And it's ab- absolutely amazing. And but the, the name of that winery is Cosimo Maria Mazzini. Cosimo Maria Mazzini, that's correct. Yeah, so. Yes, yes. You know what I've seen a lot happening is a lot of wineries are transforming their, you know, a part, part of their property to be a, a, a bed and breakfast or, uh-huh. in, you know, tourism. Do you see that? And it's yes. very fun to stay at wineries. Um, I believe that uh, these young farmers are also using the woofer. Have you ever heard about it? Oh, yes, the, I the have. Ex- explain so, that a little bit. So you um, you practically want to go to Italy and um, you don't have a lot of money. So you want to join the Woofer Association to go to different farms and help them to pick up the wine right. and, and work in a farm. And then they're going to give you food and a place to stay. So, so like, like what an apprentice fun program. things to do. Yeah, yeah. Yes, Very right? cool. I wish I knew about that when I was, you know, 18. Oh, you can still do it. (laughs) (laughs) Things get more complicated later in life, Uh, right? True, (laughs) true. Well, you know, Daniela, I wanted to really thank you for being. Do you have any final thoughts? I mean, again, let's let, your website address is so yeah, folks andiamo. Can, uh, andiamo means let's go, so very yeah. easy to find. So andiamo.com. Andiamo it. italiano. Andiamo yep. italiano.com. And yes. again, it's up on Burn It. Um, you know, stay tuned for a lot of really cool educational events, which you can find on her website. Do you have so this is so that uh, upcoming event on Emilia Romagna is for July? Do you have one? planned yet for august or uh, yes every month we have a different wine dinner yeah. um we have different events so we try to offer as much as we can to the austin community yeah okay wonderful so stay tuned at andiamoitaliano.com and uh we're gonna play some music while we queue up our uh next guest chris brundrett um he is out in the hill country and we're gonna get kind of an update from him they're about to start the 2016 harvest out in the hill country and we're gonna also get a little bit of a, a review of the um, their Texas Revolution Rosé Festival that just happened uh, two weeks ago. So, uh, Danielle, thank you again for being here, and um, you will stay in touch. Thank you so much. All right. Stay tuned. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much for uh, tuning in. I've got Chris Brundrett here on the line, and uh, this is something that I really love to do, um, just call winemakers out in wine country and see what's going on and talk about all the cool things that they have going on there. Chris, are you, th- you there? You're on the air. Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. All right, Hi, man, and so can all of Austin. <laughs> um, uh-huh. Well, great. So tell us a little bit about So you're the owner and winemaker of William Chris, um, and, and you're out in Johnson City, right, in the Hill Country? We're in High, Texas. High, right. In- Petersburg and Johnson City, and uh, I'm only half owner of William Chris, and maybe a little bit less than that if you count the bank's <laughs> involvement. So, uh, my business partner and best friend and I, Bill Blackman, started William Chris in 2008, and uh, made our opened our tasting room in 2010. 
Cool, cool. But you've been, you've really had your your finger kind of on what's going on in the uh, in the industry, uh, really searching out, you know, kind of interesting vineyard locations and and pushing the bar with a lot of different wines, right? Absolutely. We farm about forty acres all over Texas, uh, which is about half of our production, and then the other half of our production comes from about fourteen different Texas families all over the state from. Longview, uh, all the way to, to Brownfield and Lubbock and Fort Davis and Sonora, all over the state. Very cool, very cool. So, so you've got, um, but but you are uh, you, you're farming yourself forty acres. That's that's quite a quite a uh, endeavor, eh? On seven different properties, absolutely. Wow. It's, uh, it's super challenging. I'm blessed to have a, a business partner who's been uh, farming in Texas for uh, about forty or thirty five years. So uh, he's he and our vineyard crew uh, bounce around constantly to all our different farms and make sure that we're growing uh, some of the best wine in Texas. Yeah, right on. How give us a give us like an idea of what what the different wines that you make are for you know folks who are curious out there listening. Oh shoot! So we um, we kind of started with a lot of the Bordeaux varieties, um, Merlot predominantly, Malbec, Petit Verdot, um, Cabernet Sauvignon. And uh, we still we still produce a couple thousand cases of of uh, those wines, uh, mostly out of Granite Hill Vineyards, which is about 15 minutes north of Fredericksburg, okay. uh, and also on this estate and high. And then we're we've really shifted the focus in the past couple of years um, to uh, more Rhone varieties, more Vedra, um, also Tanat um, is a is a big one for us. Uh, cool. More Vedra, more Vedra seems to be our or not seems to be it is our our focus uh, at present. We also do a little bit of uh, Carignan uh, as well, and since so, um, but we produce, gosh, only we we do a baby four different wines that are blends from all over Texas, right. and then every uh, wine other than those four is either from a single vineyard or maybe two or three vineyards very very close together. So uh, we really like to share with our fans um, what these different areas of Texas taste like. Right. That's, that's that's where we really really enjoy uh, our, our whole wine family here with 37 families that work with us uh, to share William, the William Chris story and our wines with, with our fans and the public. Right. Do and, you, and do you, do you feel like, for. do you feel like the, the public is kind of getting that, that sense of geography and vis- vineyard designated wines? And are we, you know, are we maturing into that, that, that level of a, of a appreciation? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, Texas is such a wonderful place. Uh, we're blessed with all these major cities and, uh, Texas fans with deep Texas roots and really people from all over the country are coming in uh, and, and all over the world are coming in to taste taste our wines and uh, it's really incredible to see the not only the level of, of wine growing really uh, maturing here all over Texas but um, you know we, we cater to the the person that just put down their last Dr. Pepper and decided to go wine tasting all, <laughs> all up to the guys that uh the couple that has been drinking wine for thirty years, right. um, you know, we, we kind of we kind of really appreciate all all wine drinkers, and uh, you know, really sh- are pleased to share a piece of our world with uh, with those folks. So it's really great to see how our fans are progressing too. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've we've got folks that didn't drink a glass of wine five years ago, and now are talking about the different areas of the hill country and how they're so diverse and the geology and how the different formations taste different. And, uh, that is for me, that's my, that's my gold medal. That's what I, 
that's what I love uh, to see. You yeah. know, we're, not, we're not really big on wine competitions, um, but for me, the, that's a real uh, sense of accomplishment to see people discussing what different areas of the, the state taste like and different vintages. Yeah. Uh, as it, we grow wine, we don't make it. Right, it's right. Give, it's giving me chills. Um, I, I want to. Uh, I want to talk just briefly. Are you? Um, are we about to start the the twenty sixteen harvest? I know that things are kind of getting there and shaping up, right? Well, they, they've already shaped up. We we brought in our first load of grapes from Brenham, Texas. Um, uh, a great gentleman named John Dale that's been growing with for us for quite some time. Uh, he's a, a fantastic Blanc de Bois grower. Um, we're harvesting some stuff off the high estate for some uh, whole cluster pressed rosé. Cool. On Monday, uh, we've also got some grapes from Sonora being harvested Sunday night, uh, about three o'clock in the morning, and they'll be in bins fermenting uh, by Monday. Wow! So, yeah, we're it is upon us that it's about to be a whirlwind vintage. Uh, but I tell you what, it's probably one of the best I've seen in Texas. That's the buzz that I've been hearing, and and that's wonderful because you know sometimes you know with when we saw those big rains in the in the uh, spring that you mm-hmm. know th- that that can really uh, affect flowering and and mold issues and all that. But 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 what you're seeing is it it, it really didn't have we've got good quantity and we've got good uh, good quality, right? Absolutely. There's yeah. some companies that didn't fare so well, you know, with the, with the rains. Uh, you really got to really have a tight management strategy to make it through some of those spring rains. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of people learned a lot last year. Um, you know, we've been, we've been doing this for a living for quite some time. And, and I feel like that, uh, our vineyards are really in tip top shape and cool. you know, this, this weather is fantastic. It could be about 10 degrees cooler, but, uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll take no rain right now. So, right. Right. Or a little showers, but yeah, the vintages are showing up very nicely and, I'm really pleased with uh, how our team is, is, is done, and then our our growers are knocking it out of the park. I'm actually leaving high this afternoon, and I'll be up in Brownfield and um, in in uh, Lubbock all all day tomorrow. Wow. Um, meeting with some of our growers, and you know they're almost three to five weeks behind what we are in the hill country. Right. So we've uh, Texas winemakers uh, are blessed with almost. Three mini harvests if you if you bring in grapes from all over the state from East Texas to Central Texas to West Texas so uh, it's it's a good thing because you can use your equipment a little bit longer right but also challenging to say the least because yeah. it will go on for up to, uh, middle of October oh my goodness so you're just going to be full throttle for the next uh, until October until uh, you can take a vacation <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. yeah right that never happens right <laughs> <laughs> no it does. Uh, I missed my uh, I missed my anniversary because we were picking grapes in Brenham, and then most definitely I, I tend to miss our uh, my wife's birthday. Oh, no. Picking grapes somewhere August tenth is her birthday, so oh. uh, yeah, it's, it, she's used to being a we call him a crush widow uh, because <laughs> my kids don't get to see me for a couple months, so yeah, that's, yeah, that's the way it works. Well, it's all worth it. Um, can I ask you about that Tanat? Because you mentioned Tanat, and I haven't seen many hit the market yet. But um, but but uh, do, do you have Tanat in uh, you know kind of in the rotation already, or are we just talking vines? Absolutely, no. We've yeah. made a we've made a couple of Tanats cool. um, already, a couple of vintages of Tanat, and they are they are tasting beautiful. Yeah. Um, there's a couple other uh, companies, Alan Fetty out in uh, at uh, West Cave Cellars. He's one of the first ones along with uh, the guys over at Pending Branch. Um, they've right. been doing a, a great job with Tanat, and we've we've really loved growing it. Um, you know, William Chris, we're all about sustainability, and 
when you look at a vine that wants to be here in Texas, <laughs> and, uh, you know, right. Morvet and Tanat, uh, it seems on the red side are just, they're so much easier to grow. And, you know, we're a hundred percent Texas grown here at William Chris Vineyards. And right. it's really important to be able to harvest quality grapes yeah. every year because, uh, this is not a hobby for us. You right. know, this, this is a living that we do. Uh, we, you know, we produce wines that support, um, not only our 14 families that we purchase grapes from, right. um, but also our 37 families that that uh, are William Chris Vineyards. So. Yeah, let, let's let's move into talking about the Texas wine revolution because um, sure. you know because because you mentioned that you're 100% Texas grown and and the, the concept behind this movement is to kind of mimic that, right? Absolutely, and uh, you know the the Texas wine revolution was just a great movement. Uh, of so many producers, and we really wanted to share with Texas uh, a couple of different things. There's uh, a difference in, in uh, Texas wine and Texas-grown wine and then mm-hmm. Texas-bottled wine, which is tends to be a little confusing sometimes. Um, and we're really not knocking any any business practice. Right, we no. just really wanted to share uh, with, with uh, Texans and people all over the country that uh, what... Texas grown wine is, and in our opinion, it's either Texas grown or it's not. Right. And, uh, yeah. So, so they, okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. So, um, so just to, just to back up a little bit, a couple of weeks ago at your place um, was a rosé, the Texas Wine Revolution, uh, focusing on rosé, right? And and just a hot day where you just want to drink <laughs> rosé, right? It was and, very hot. And yeah. It was wonderful. It was, cool. Uh, we had a uh, 750. Uh, fans that wow. came out and awesome. uh, shared 32 different uh, Texas ground rosés. Cool. And it was su- super cool. We had winemakers in from all over the state. I mean, guys came in, the Keeper Saw guys came in from Tyler, Texas. Um, we had guys, uh, the McPherson guys and Lost Straw guys came in from, from Lubbock and uh, right. producers all over the state of Texas to share 100% Texas ground wines, and it was an amazing day. We also had uh, four really great uh, chefs in um, uh, Shane Stark from Mongers in Austin. Yeah. Um, we had uh, a gentleman from uh, Brian from, from uh, his restaurant in Johnson City, and then uh, Mike Gomez out of Johnson City. And then the guys from Otto showed up and, and really put on some great Texas oh, cuisine. Awesome. Um, you know, it's in Texas, we'll take breakfast, lunch, or dinner and put it in a taco or a tortilla <laughs> and eat right. it. And it's Absolutely. so cool to see Texas, Texas rosés being produced to go well with our cuisine. Yeah. And, uh, it was a fantastic day, I'd say. Awesome. And, and folks can see who, who was participating at TexasWineRevolution.com. Uh, Chris, okay. we've only got about 30 seconds left, and uh, I, I want to just ask you, is this going to be a recurring thing? I mean, are you going to do Texas Wine Revolution Morved or focus on Absolutely. different varieties? Yeah. Uh, it's a non-profit, um, uh, not-for-profit uh, yeah. establishment or, or, or a company that we started uh, to help focus on uh, and share Texas-grown wines. And so we we don't know exactly what the future holds, but I think that uh, we're really going to take it to the next level, featuring other wines as well, white awesome. wines, uh, red wines. And uh, we're still kind of recuperating from all the excitement from two weeks ago. Yeah, harvest, right. And we're... Uh, I don't know if we'll do another one in the fall, but uh, for sure next spring. And 
I'm super excited to share it with cool. everybody. Well, Chris Brundret, thank you so much for being here. We yeah, got to we got to run. We got to uh, yep. And we'll I'll hear on the show keep folks uh, up to date as to what is going on uh, with the Texas wine revolution as it as it progresses. Um, Absolutely, share yeah. Texas grown wines. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Great. Very much. Thanks, Chris. All right, that was Chris Brundret. We got to we got to roll and uh, and and make way for Tracy Schultz and uh, Remix. So thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Mark Rayshap, and this is Co-op Radio K O O P dot O R G. Um, we got to run, and we'll see you next week.